0: wish that you had all the time and energy and motivation in the world to get yourself to a fitness class multiple days a week, get yourself exercising, moving how you wish you were moving or moving how you used to move before you became a parent? Do you wish that you were the king or queen of meal prep, getting groceries every week, fridge is always full of easy, healthy things to snack on and you know that you like certain healthy foods? Uh, And for some reason, they're not getting on your table, but you just wish that they were. Um, If you, if these thoughts have gone through your head, I will tell you first that you're normal. I will tell you second that I have been there and my background, my expertise is in fitness and nutrition. But when I became a parent, that became so difficult to maintain. And my life right now does not look like it looked like before I had kids, Uh, but I I'm trying and I'm here for you and I wanted to make this podcast and make this my programs for you to help you figure out how to fit food and fitness into your life as a busy parent so that you can feel better, you can feel more like you and you can feel like you are taking care of yourself but it's not requiring all of the hours of effort and all of the energy that you think that it's going to require so i am here to give you simple tips little prompts to give you a little bit more energy help you make things feel a little bit less overwhelming, make it feel like you do have the bandwidth to take care of yourself just a little bit, and then if you do that, then you get more bandwidth, and if you do it more, then you get more, and you get more and more energy, so I'm here to help you build up your healthy autopilot, your healthier you, so keep on listening with me, and you'll keep on getting ideas, and I guarantee you will feel better. Hello, everybody. Beth here with another special guest, Rachel Sosha. She is a drama therapist who has been working with children and families for 10 years. She is also a toddler mom and has recently opened a private practice that focuses on. New Parents, Families, and Managing Postpartum Depression and Anxiety. And she is here to talk to us today about taking care of yourself as a new parent, how to prioritize yourself, your relationship, and all the things. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks, Beth. Hi. I'm um, so glad you can be here. You, we met, a little backstory, I like to always give people backstory because <laughs> I think it's fun. We met yeah. as new moms. No, well, I guess like a year in.
1: Yeah, I mean, my parents were really, really nice and gifted me some personal training for my 30th birthday, which I was like, real. it was not like a, my parents were doing anything inappropriate and trying to push like not body, like I asked for it. And, and that's how we met. But I had known you from just being in kind of the same circle. But that's yeah. really how we
0: became friends. Yeah, so we became friends with me helping you. And then now and then you helped me with baby sleep stuff. And and, um, and now you're helping me figure out how to help young new parents take care of themselves and their kids, which is something that I, when I started my business, I recognized was a huge need is this early parenthood window um, where you just, all of a sudden your life has flipped upside down and you've kind of lost who you are and you're trying to figure out who you are now and how to take care of another human and yourself and maintain your relationship. And it's a tough time. Um, it's a time that often wellness, like, food and fitness can go out the window. And and I try to help people bring that back because it helps people. I think it helps you have energy um, to tackle the emotional parts that you need to tackle. Um, but you're here to help us talk about the emotional parts. So yeah. we can dive in.
1: Yeah. I always, I always joke. Well, I, I guess always like my husband, I don't really see anyone else these days because of the pandemic, but um, like, we would always joke that you can be as prepared as possible and it can be exactly what you can expect, but you're never actually prepared for what happens when you have a new, when you have a new baby, you can be like, so I funny. knew this was going to happen. I knew I was going to be tired. I knew I was going to be like, you know, physically different. I knew that it was going to be emotional and I expected all
0: of this, but I could not have prepared <laughs> for this right? at all. It's the feeling when you feel it. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you can't feel it if you're not in it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, this is going to hit close to home for me because when we're recording this, I'm seven months pregnant. And so I'm with my second and I'm trying to remember, going to try to remember what it felt like at the beginning, but I don't remember, you know, yeah. I remember logically, but not emotionally.
1: You like so. put that, we pack that away yeah. <laughs> in a, in a deep part of our brain. Totally only weird. It's like, I'm sure it'll be different with number two though, because you'll have, you know, a toddler running around also needing right? your attention.
0: So Yeah. Yeah, a whole new Why bag you? of things to to, to work through. Yeah. So let's talk about. We we said today we were going to talk about um, how to how to figure out what you need when you are lost in this haze of early parenthood, and then how to ask for what you need, and then what to do when it doesn't go as expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so first, tell me how when you are so overwhelmed when you're home with a brand new baby, life is shifting. How do you, and people say like, what do you need? How can I help you? And you don't even know where to start. How do you figure that out?
1: Well, I think the first thing that is really difficult is when you're a new parent, every single parent that you ever know, maybe your own parents, maybe other parent friends of yours, maybe people who have children that are older, younger, you know, whatever, are going to throw everything that worked for them onto you. Mm -hmm. And it can feel... Really overwhelming. They're going to tell you you can feed your baby this way, or you can buy this contraption, or you can do X, Y, and Z. Um, and every single person really feels that what they did is the end all be all, and that works. Mm-hmm. Even even if you know, and I, I'm guilty of this too with my new friends. Like I'll send them my favorite like book, or you know, offer something that really worked for my husband and I. Um, But you have to remember, first and foremost, that anything anyone says to you is you got to take it with a caveat because there are 18 million ways to raise a child, if not 18 million more. And what's going to work best for you is what's going to work best for your family unit. Or let me rephrase that. What's going to work best for your child is what's going to work best for you and your partner or if you're a single parent or, you know, however you're raising this baby Some people choose to do things like co-sleep, which might work really well for some families where other families are like, my kid's going to be in their crib in their room from day one. Both of those are okay. And there's going to be people who tell you that it's not okay (laughs) from, you know, whatever side of whatever parenting camp. Um, But, you know, as long as you're being safe and doing whatever you're wanting to do, you know, in good faith to raise the child the way you want it, that's first and foremost, the most important thing.
0: How would you say that you know to listen to your gut on that? Because I'm thinking back to when I had was in the newborn days and when I'm about to be again, and it's almost like it took me time to figure out mm-hmm. that things weren't, that I didn't, you know, it took me forever to, to come to terms with that I wasn't going to sleep train because I kept yeah. feeling like I should because that's what the people, the advice people gave me. And when do you know that it's okay to give up on, on trying to listen to other people and just say, I'm going to do what feels right?
1: Well, I don't think you ever know. and I mean, I think that that's something that like even adults, you know, have an issue with. We're all like, you know, you learn about peer pressure, influence, and you want to be the best, um, you know, the best parent. And also you want to like kind of keep up with the charade of being a good parent amongst what your other friends and family, you know, are doing or are telling you to do. Um, And there's a lot of shame that can come with, especially as a mother, but I think as a parent in general, there's a lot of shame if you don't do the right thing. Um, So for me, what I try for myself, what I work with other parents to do is really just establish kind of safety boundaries first. That's the most important thing. And those to me are kind of my... um, Full stop. I'm not, I'm not going to do this because it doesn't feel safe for me. Um, like that was like co-s, co-sleeping co for us personally. Um, you know, to safely co-sleep, you have to make sure that, you know, there's no blankets, there's no pillows, there's no way your kid can suffocate. You know, you have them in the bed, it's a flat surface. I like to sleep like, you know, in like a mountain, like I still sleep with my pregnancy pillow and my daughter's almost three. Like I just like love being like cocooned in pillows and that just wasn't going to work for me. My husband's a really heavy sleeper. It just wasn't going to work for us. So um, that was my boundary. I didn't care what anyone else said work. That was my safety boundary. Right. Even now when my daughter, you know, I'm not gonna let her touch something that's hot because that is unsafe. Um, So really establishing those boundaries at first and knowing I can do whatever, I can throw anything at the wall and see what sticks, but I'm not gonna do X, Y, and Z is I think a really good place to start. Um, Because at the end of the day, as long as your kid is safe, who cares? Who cares what they drank? If they drank formula or milk, who cares, you know, how they slept or how you got them to sleep. Who cares, you know, if you cut their nails or bit their nails off, you know, as a little baby, like there's so many weird things that we do as parents. Mm -hmm. Um, But you just got to make sure that your, your kid is safe.
0: Yeah. That's good advice. That is good advice. Um, I like that a lot. I'm thinking even now the things that I not even safety wise, but now there are certain things that boundaries I say I won't cross because I, I, I'm thinking specifically about a conversation I had with a friend the other day about um, getting into bed with them at night into her, into their bed, and how once I started doing that, it's like impossible to stop because because yep. now that my kid's a toddler, she knows, she wants it, and so there's certain boundaries that I try not to cross because I don't want to set the expectation to yes,
1: yes. So. But then and then sometimes we break those boundaries, which I, is why I think that boundaries and safety are different. Like I. I always was like, I'm never going to bring my kid into the bathroom with me. Really lucky. There are two parents. Like if I have to pee, she'll stay down there with my husband. Mm -hmm. But like now we potty train and she wants, she's like, come with me to the bathroom. So now she's in the bathroom with me. So that went out the window. You know, it's like, it's an ebb and flow and you just got to not be too hard on yourself about it. And also the most important thing to remember is that. Any parent you are, you know, looking at and they're giving you ideas, like, and you think they're like the perfect parent and they did a great job with their kid and everything they do is perfect. They're not, they're not (laughs) like everyone has a hard time and it can be really, really um, difficult to see that. And I think during COVID, it can be really, really isolating. I know I felt really isolated. About certain times of like, oh my gosh, is my daughter like this pariah mess of a toddler that's just melting down all the time. And, you know, we don't get to see that vulnerable side of other people, even our closest friends. Yeah. Um, and even if they share that with us, you know, you know, you can have a friend that is telling you about a time that she or he hasn't slept or they, you know, haven't slept in four days and, you know, there's breast milk everywhere and they just were having a panic attack and like wanted to check themselves into the hospital. Like who knows? And they can tell you that and you can know that that's true. But if you don't see it, sometimes it's hard to believe. Um, So you just got to have patience with yourself and remind yourself that,
0: you know, no one's perfect all the time. Yeah. That's a good point. It's good to remember too, that we live, I mean, we already lived in this, you know, social media world where everything appeared perfect, but now we live in it even more because of this pandemic. Yep. So we're just seeing what people share, even if it's in text message or in a zoom call with a friend, right. um, or like that once a month socially distant hello that you have with them. It's not the same. You don't get to see the every day and, and there's no time to share all of those small things. Yeah,
1: That's
0: a good point. Um, okay. So we've, so figuring out what you need is, it's is basically, you're saying, listen to yourself. Yeah. How do you communicate to get the right help? How do you, how do you tell people um, I'm struggling with this and this is what I need? Yeah. So it's
1: an open conversation that never ends. And I think that that's really important. I'll speak first, you know, to people who are raising children in like a partnership Mm -hmm. Um, because it's a little bit different when you're a single parent and it's a lot more difficult Mm -hmm. um, because you don't have someone that is, you know, 100% of the time there there for you. Um, But when you're in a partnership, I think it's really important to um, A, say this, this is change. This is what I need right now. And we both have the right to to kind of pull a yellow card and say this might change. Um I think that was a good sport I don't know <laughs> I don't know but like you know pause and say my expectations have actually changed and I need something different. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that it's it takes a lot of bravery and you're going to be communicating with your partner in a way you might not have ever communicated with them before um because you're both tired at the beginning at least i'll speak from personal you know personal um experience um you lose some of that social tact mm-hmm. at the very beginning when you have a baby You know, if you just physically gave birth to a baby, your hormones are all over the place. Maybe you are suffering with anxiety or depression in a way that you haven't before. Um, Your body is doing crazy things, especially, you know, if you're breastfeeding, you might be stuck under the couch all day. Um, If you, I mean, you've just gone through a medical trauma of even the most beautiful, amazing birth. I mean, your body just went through something that has never gone through before. Or if you were like me, you were in labor for 43 hours and then you had to have a C-section and you're recovering from like, you know, oh full on abdominal surgery. We don't get it. We don't give C-sections enough credit because you're awake during that, but like your body is sliced open. Like you, mm-hmm. you had a surgery and then they hand you a little human. It's like, <laughs> here you go. Like eat it. It's all on you. Um, So, and then on top of that, your has seen you in a new way, you know, like maybe they've seen some really graphic things that they weren't expecting, which is okay and it's beautiful and that's great. But, you know, they also might have a little bit of like trauma. They're exhausted. They haven't had a real bed to sleep in. Maybe they were sleeping in an armchair at the hospital for multiple days. Um, you know, they feel like they can't help because if you're nursing, you know, you're the one that's holding the baby, you're feeding the baby. Um, and, It's just emotions are high. And when emotions are high, that is like number one recipe for snippiness, Mm fights, or just not communicating because it can feel easier to just keep whatever you're thinking and feeling to yourself than sharing it with, you know, that person that is there in a partnership with you. Mm -hmm. So you got to be a little brave. Um, And... I like, I mean, if we're, we're talking like therapy, therapy, it's important to use like I statements talking about how you feel, um, you know, not saying you didn't do this or you didn't do this, you know, trying to keep it to your own personal experiences. I'm feeling really tired. Is there any way you can help me right now? Or I feel like I need to take an hour. Are you okay with the, the baby? And then also give room for your partner to share those things as well. Um, Maybe they don't want to share. Maybe they're not used to sharing. uh, Maybe you're not used to sharing. um, But just opening that door and giving them room to um, be a little vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be really hard, especially if you just – again, I'll speak from my own personal experience – I was like, I carried this baby for nine months. I just had a really long, exhausting birth. I'm trying to feed this baby. Who do you think you are that you get to tell me that you're tired? But the reality is they are. Like My husband was tired and he needed rest too. And I figured out really quickly that, you know, for him you know he went back to work it was really important for him to sleep sleep not mm-hmm. through the night he would get up early with the baby but he needed a solid 6 hours in a row or yeah. he would not be able to take care of me what i needed him to right. take care of me so that was kind of like a give and take i said i'll do the night we i'm i'm nursing i'll do the night time we stuff um exactly and it's again that's what worked for us. It's different for everyone. Maybe you're the one that needs to sleep for six hours and you can't function and your partner has to be the one that gets up. You know, it's, um, that's, that's why this communication is important. And that's why kind of going back to what I was saying at the beginning, everyone is different and every couple is different.
0: Um, Man, I just brought you, you just brought up so many things for me that I was like, oh, she, she, that made me think of this moment and that moment and this moment. Yeah. And, uh, and I try to think back, I mean, so I have, I had an interest in becoming a therapist. I've undergrad in psychology. My mom's a therapist. So I feel like I'm exposed to the the language of it or the, how to think about it. And mm-hmm. I, re- and I don't know if I did this at the time, but here I am high and mighty on my non-newborn phase <laughs> um, thinking that I, I remember, or at some point in life, I, you try to put yourself in their shoes. Like, yes, they did not just have a baby come out of their body, but mm-hmm they're exhausted and you would be too. If you just, you know, like if I tomorrow had to go sit with you, let's say you were giving birth tomorrow and I had to go be your partner and I'd probably be really tired and exhausted too. I'm trying to put yourself in somebody else's shoes the the caretaker and then, and the I statements. I like that a lot. The, like, I feel this way lately. I've been telling him, I've been cursing him under my breath whenever (laughs) there's like a piece of because I'm seven months pregnant. It's hard to move. (laughs) And like the other day, Um, this book that we read to my daughter was like somewhere else in the room than where it usually is. Mm -hmm. And I lifted up all the furniture. I looked everywhere for this book, (laughs) cursing him under my breath. I even told her with intense words that daddy needs to learn to put this book in this specific place. (laughs) And when I saw him, I said, okay, so I'm so pregnant right now that I'm starting to get Mm -hmm. irritated at things that might not be normal. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. but if that, I mean that's important you have
1: to yeah. let yourself be angry too like that's a really good point it's not just because you're communicating well and using I statements and having the best cup doesn't mean that like your person is not going to make you very very angry mm. irrationally or rationally I think putting not knowing where the book is when you have a toddler that wants to read a book is a very <laughs> rational reason to <laughs> be annoyed but um you have to um you have to acknowledge that too. And just be like, this is, this is how it is in this moment. And it's not going to be like this forever. Let's, you know,
0: ride that, ride that wave. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about single parents looking for support. Cause I didn't have that experience and I'm sure that you've got a lot of ideas.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little bit, it's different right now because of the the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can really limit your um, resources to what, to what you have and who you have. I hope that most single parents right now in the pandemic at least have a little pod of someone to help them, um, you know, have time to yourself and really be able to take that time to yourself. I also know that that's not a luxury that everyone can have or does have, especially these days. Um, And in that case, I just implore you To have someone that you can talk to, um, whether that's a therapist or whether that's a friend or a parent or someone that you know you can call at a drop of a hat to just get unload some of that emotional burden of being a new parent and someone that can kind of check on you and make sure that you're doing okay. Um, Because as a parent, especially as like a mother or as a single parent, you know that you're going to put everyone else in front of you before you take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is why I like what you, what you do with like healthy autopilot. And I know we'll kind of get to that a little bit later. Um, But you just need to make sure that you have someone that can be accountable for you Mm -hmm. and can take care of yourself. And I also think it's really important to let yourself be taken care of. In that moment, and maybe it's not someone coming over and watching the baby for a few hours because right now we don't have that luxury. Or maybe you're listening to this after the pandemic, and we do have that luxury. Like, make sure you have someone that you can count on. Um, but you need to take care of that emotional, you know, that emotional piece to just be able to say this. This is hard, or this is great. Can I share these moments with you? because um, otherwise it can feel really isolating really, really fast.
0: That's kind of um, nice, because it's hard right now when you can't have people coming over, but mm-hmm. even just releasing that emotion, mm-hmm. a huge difference. I mean, yeah. I, I text you the other night, another dumb reason I was mad at my husband <laughs> and just told you I was mad at him <laughs> for, yep. for another very silly reason. And, um, and it, I felt so much better just having vented about it. And I didn't even yep. know that I needed that because I thought, I mean, I have a partner at home that it helps me and that, you know, quote unquote should be enough, but it's not like you need, you, everybody needs their other resource and everybody needs to let things out.
1: Exactly, Um, And everyone needs to feel taken care of too. And I mean, I think that's a good point, you know, whether you're a single parent or you're sharing in that parenthood journey with someone else, you sometimes need to feel taken care of and your partner might not be able to do that because they're also raising a tiny human so you just Mm -hmm. need someone to be able to like listen to you for a moment I remember you texted me and I said do you want do you want suggestions or you just want to vent you're like I just want to vent but sometimes all you need is just to like be like okay
0: like I just you know put that out put that out there and now I can you know by the end of that text, I wasn't mad at him anymore. He didn't yeah. even know it. He had no idea. I had a whole fight with him without him knowing.
1: Isn't that so, those are the best fights to have. <laughs> I mean, as long as they learn their lesson, but <laughs> they can be the
0: shortest. Um. Oh gosh. Okay. So, so look for support. I like that advice too, of like, it can just be talking to somebody and it could be a therapist. It can be a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I talked a lot about mom groups and how helpful those can be. Yeah. yeah.
1: But even if you're in a mom group, and I know, you know, we're in this amazing mom group together, um, but I, I also really encourage you to single out someone that you feel really comfortable that can also check mm-hmm. on you mm-hmm. so you're not having to be the one that reaches out all the time. Even if someone's just dropping a text and saying, hey, how you doing? You're all right? Um, and that can feel really vulnerable to ask for that. Mm-hmm. Um but being a new parent is is the most vulnerable. I think you're ever going to be. It's one of the most vulnerable I've ever felt, yeah. um, because you you know the it takes a village. A real a real trope. I mean that trope is a real like a real thing. It comes from somewhere real, um, and you've got to take care of yourself as the parent because that is also one of the best things you can do for your baby. Um, you know, being. <sighs> as stable as possible, even in in your instability, right? Even if you are, um, you know, depressed or anxious, um, actively seeking help for that. Or even if you're really, really tired and all you have to give is like, all I'm going to do is I'm going to sit on the couch today and put Coco Melon in front of my daughter on Netflix. Can you tell that that's saying <laughs> you know, something that happens to me sometimes, you know, that's, that's what I need to do to take care of
0: myself in that moment. Um, so you, just, you just briefly mentioned depression, anxiety. I know that's something you specialize in. So how do you recognize when it's time to get help for those things when you're in this new? Yeah,
1: sure. So, you know, When you go actually mostly to your child's um, well visits, the baby visits, that is where um, they're going to do postpartum depression screeners for mom, um, for a new mom. They'll ask you questions about how you're feeling the first couple of months because you don't usually follow up with your OB for four to six weeks. Your OB Mm -hmm. will also talk to you about that too. So there's... There's a couple of ways to identify. And if you're worried about postpartum depression, the first thing you should do is call call your OBGYN, call your family practice doctor if you have one. If you have a therapist, you know, start talking to them about it. Um, but, you know, a new parent, a new parent who has just given birth will experience something called the baby blues they call them for about four to six weeks Mm -hmm. um and that is just like the way I describe it is like your period hormones on steroids um like you know you're just kind of be really weepy some days you might feel really depressed or you might feel really really anxious Um, but it still feels, it doesn't feel good, but it feels manageable. Mm -hmm. It does not feel overwhelming. Mm -hmm. The minute it feels so overwhelming that you can't get out of bed, that you feel like you're going to hurt yourself or you're going to hurt the baby. um, You are feeling like so panicky that your heart is racing. Um, That Mm -hmm. is when you, you call a doc, you call your doctor um, and hopefully they can send you to local resources that are able to help. Maybe they can talk about medication. There are a lot of women that might go on medication temporarily to help them through if that's something that they're interested in. All
0: my clients actually, a lot of my patients. Yeah, I mean- All my patients that you have, sometimes I feel really lucky that I'm not a therapist, but as a dietitian um, and a personal trainer, I just get to hear about people's health history and their backstory. Mm-hmm. And the number of people that are on medication yeah. for depression and anxiety, like it's so normal yeah. now, and people yeah. are so embarrassed of it um, or afraid to do it. But it's it can be a temporary or long term solution. Definitely. That's just somebody once described it to me as um, this was another therapist I talked to that if you have diabetes, you take medication to manage yep. your blood sugar. Yeah. So if there's chemical, if there's a chemical imbalance in your brain, you take a medication. Yep.
1: Absolutely. It's absolutely. And I think that that's, it's important to have a open relationship with like whoever your provider is, whether it's your family doctor, whether it's your OB, your therapist isn't going to provide you with medication. That's like, you have to be a psychiatrist to do that, but um, they can talk to you about how you're feeling. And if you don't feel good on your medication, there are 18 bajillion different medications for anxiety, depression out there. And it sometimes takes a little bit of time mm-hmm. to figure out what's the right thing for the right person. And a lot of people I've talked to who have had bad, bad experiences on medication is because they were just not prescribed the right medication at first. You don't have to go out there feeling like a zombie You're not feeling like yourself or feeling over medicated or like you can't feel joy. or You feel too much joy. You can't sleep. Like that's not what it's supposed to do. Medication is supposed to bring you to a baseline where you, you feel, you feel like you. yourself mm-hmm. that being said, it's not for everyone. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what's not okay. Well, I, I, that sounded a lot harsher than I meant it to, mm-hmm. but what I would hope for people who are feeling some sort of way, um, and you know, not wanting medication, mm-hmm. I I hope that you feel that you have someone that you can talk to, to open up to, to get the help that you
0: Mm -hmm. need. And also finding Um, other solutions too. Like I talked to, like a lot of people um, in my world will, you know, get focused on running as their therapy or cooking Yes, and finding ways to meditate in those moments can also be really good for your mental health. Absolutely. Um, And maybe that can even be like, if you're struggling with postpartum, depression and you go on a medication for a little while and until you get the energy and the motivation yes. and the yeah. time to go run and yeah. then running can become your therapy. Maybe you get off the meds, maybe stay on
1: them. Absolutely. And again, like the world is upside down right now. And I know a lot of my clients who usually, I mean, this is not like from off medication adjacent, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of clients also myself, the things that I used to do for self-care or the things mm-hmm. that I used to do that really helped calm my mind. I can't do anymore. I can't go to a yoga class. You know, I can't go see a movie, you know, I can't go do shop. Like I can't shop. I can cook. I love cooking. That's something that's important, but even going to the grocery store, I used to go and like go to farmer's markets and pick out ingredients mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that doesn't feel that stressful these days because of, you know, the coronavirus. So we're all kind of holding it together with like, you know, hot glue and duct tape yeah. until the world, you know, hopefully goes a little bit back to normal sooner. Yeah. Things feel a little safer. Um, so, you know, it's also important to acknowledge
0: that too. And, and maybe you have to find some new, new things. Yeah. Um, I like that analogy user, the hot glue and duct tape. Somebody wants to describe it as um, you have a self-care toolbox and in that toolbox, there could be, it could be medication, it could be asking for help, it could be talking to therapists, it could be running, cooking, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And then they said, but what is the duct tape that holds that toolbox together when it's about to fall apart? Yep. Um, and that actually brings me to the, we kind of outlined what, what I wanted to ask you about today. And that brings me to the third question, which is when everything does go off the rails, how do you get back to taking care of yourself? And how do you manage when you are down to the duct tape? And how do you know what that duct tape is?
1: Yeah. Well, when you're a new parent, you get to the duct tape really, really quickly. Like you pretty much come home from the hospital and you're like, what? Because you also can't do the things that maybe you used to do or will get back to doing eventually. And that is something, just a side note, when you're a new parent and you feel like your life is not the same, your life is never going to go back to being fully the same. But, like, you will get to do the things that you – it's not It's not going to be like this forever. You're like, your kid will sleep. You're going to be able to, like, go and do things by yourself.
0: It, it does, you know, go back to a new yeah. normal. But, I feel like but, it, it mirrors the pandemic a lot, too. Like, a lot of people have been saying the pandemic feels like the fourth trimester. Yes. Um. Who, who have kids that are home already. And, yep. and it is. It's your life shifting drastically. Yep. Um. And so I
1: think it's really important to – back to the duct tape. Mm -hmm. This is where you have to be in touch with yourself and find what's going to feel good for you within this new normal. Maybe it is sitting in a silent room for 10 minutes, drinking a cup of tea. Maybe it is, I know for me, when, um, my daughter was a newborn. I was up at night feeding her. I had a lot of issues with breastfeeding and I had to pump at, like m- multiple times. And I would go downstairs with my, pu- I, I'd nurse her, i put her back to bed, she'd fall asleep, and then I'd have to go pump. And I'd go downstairs and I put an episode of the Mindy Project on. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I was hooked up like a cow to my pump, and you hear like, <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> of like of the pump um, and I would just take that time to myself it was like the only time my dog always knew that that was like the time that it was just me and the baby wouldn't bother her so my dog would like get out of her little doggy bed and snuggle on my lap and I just like was so upset that I had to pump in the middle of the night but then it became this really nice meditative time that was
0: just for me. So it's not um, finding the I mean, it's cheesy to say the silver lining, but it's finding those moments. Yes. Um, And also it makes me think, like you said, the 10 minutes with the tea. it makes me think about what I talk with my clients a lot about, which Mm -hmm. is this all or nothing mentality that we have towards our wellness. Yes. And from my perspective, it's always diet and exercise. And and I always say to people, you know, before you had your kids, maybe you went to the gym every day after work for an hour and you can't do that now. And you're trying to replicate it at home on your Peloton or whatever it is. Right, but you still don't have that hour. And so it's okay to do 10 minutes, right? Like it's right. okay to do a little bit. And if you do that little bit all the time, then, then you're doing something all the time, which yeah. is like a little release.
1: Absolutely. And I think that that's where like the idea of mindfulness comes in to play and mindfulness is like a, been a big buzzword in like the wellness community. And even like, you know, self-care mindfulness has really been in just like the zeitgeist lately. Um, but I think that, It's really important to understand what mindfulness is, which is being in the moment at the exact moment that you're in. It doesn't mean clearing your brain and only thinking about nothing. It doesn't mean meditating for hours and hours. It really means like, okay, I'm sitting here. I'll use my pumping Mindy Project moment, you know. I'm sitting here, I've hooked up to the pump. I'm just listening to the whir of the pump. I'm focusing on what's happening on the TV. I'm not worried about the next time my daughter's gonna wake up. I'm not worried about what's gonna happen tomorrow. I'm not thinking about all of the things that I could have done better yesterday, but I'm sitting here in this moment being present. And that's a lot easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, it is a lot easier that being mindfulness and present is a lot easier than like clearing your mind and thinking about nothing. Um, another thing that I like to do with some of my clients who, um, have PTSD or trauma is, um, I tell them just keep a lot of like hand lotion in their bags, perfumey or not. But I like to tell people just like put a little bit of lotion on their hands and just like rub it in just like really focus in that, like Thirty seconds of like what it feels like to rub the lotion into your hands and just take that moment to focus on one thing. Um, it's a hand massage around you. You know, it's like a massage. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. Or or when you're working out, and you're doing something that's like really really strenuous and it hurts. You just like take a moment to like breathe through that and know that this isn't gonna last forever. Maybe I'm a little sore tomorrow, but like this is this is not it. Like this is not it. How cool of what my body is doing in this moment. Take a deep breath
0: and move through it. I like that. I like that a lot. Thanks. Um, all right. So we've been talking for a while, and I try to keep these short-ish because it's busy parents that listen. So I want to. Mm-hmm wrap up by asking you what I've been asking everybody, which is, I guess, well, I've been, I like to ask the therapist to a two-part question to this one. What does healthy autopilot mean to you? Cause I use that term a lot. Mm-hmm. And what would you say is something that would fall under yours?
1: Got it. So for me, I think that actually like you've taught me a lot of things about healthy autopilot, you know, not to like plug your own stuff, but, um, just the idea of like trying to keep my body in motion when my body is in motion. So instead of just like sitting when I'm cooking and like just chopping vegetables, like maybe I'll chop, chop, chop and like do a little squat. Mm -hmm. Um, And also now that my daughter's a little bit older, I try to like play with her full body Mm -hmm. play, you know, she's running around. I'm going to run around with her, you know, like we're cooking, you know, it might like, push myself a little bit further than I would have when she was just like a blob of a human being baby um and that is like twofold because it helped me connect with her too yeah. um which is really really nice and I have more fun um and you know my body feels a little yeah. bit better
0: it's kind I of taking advantage like. of that whole peer pressure thing from your kid so now yeah. that she's moving it makes you feel like you need to move to
1: exactly exactly or we go to the park and she wants me to like, climb up like she likes me to go down the slides first because it is I guess, less scary for her to see me do it so like I'll like go up and down you know I'm climbing all over the, <laughs> the uh, playground furniture structures um yeah somebody,
0: and then um, oh go ahead oh somebody who did one of my one of my um quick my like mini challenge refreshes my five uh-huh. mini series uh her daughter is older not older old but like um I don't know 10 or so mm-hmm. doing homeschooling maybe 12 and so they would take on her daughter's break. they started doing yoga breaks, like stretching together, Fun. which yeah. was so nice because it's a bonding moment. Yeah. It's also good for both of your bodies. It's good for yeah. your minds um, mm-hmm. and it gets you moving. So it's nice when you can connect. I'm doing this for my kid with something mm-hmm. that then is really beneficial to you as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What was the second part of your question? Oh, it was just what does Healthy Autopilot mean to you and what are you, what is yours? But I think you kind of answered them both together. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think trying to find a way to connect with the people around you and in these days, like if you can connect that to wellness, it makes it so much more motivating to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and in these days where we're super isolated, but even when we're not in these days of being super isolating, being a new parent can be isolating. So finding a way to, to do something that is both, like active, or, you know, feels your body in a way that feels good. Mm -hmm. Um, But also connects with other people can make it feel less lonely. And
0: yeah, and you you know, to be incentive to do it for people who are social people. Exactly. Well, so I wrote I wrote a note to myself while you were talking, I didn't want to interrupt. But um, anybody who's listening to this that knows me knows I like my action steps. And so I was thinking as you were talking about um, how to ask for help as the new parent, um, especially for a single parent, what to do, or even just anybody struggling that needs extra support. Um, so I wanted to say anybody listening right now, in your phone before you stop listening to this podcast, like while you're listening, pick it up and start a text message to the person that you've been meet that popped in your head when Rachel was talking about that who is a good support system for you or who do you think needs you to check in and say, Hey, how's it going today? Um, because getting that started from either direction, it might be easier to offer the help than to ask for the help. We'll just get it to feel more natural to you, I think. So action step is don't even think about, Oh, I should call that person later. Just right now, as you're listening to this, send them a text message. I love that. Yeah. I'm all about action. Cause we can think about it. This is one thing I know for my, for my years doing what I do is we can think about what we're going to do and we can say we're going to do it but it's the doing it that's the hard part so whatever popped in your head when you were listening to this podcast do the thing right now and you don't have to do the whole thing but initiate it because once we get that ball rolling once you text whoever that is that you're thinking like hey can we chat later I I have a thought and then later on you can chat and talk about can you be my support person when I have this baby next week or whatever it is (laughs) Um, so go do that now Oh, I love that. Go do it. Yeah. Go do it. And on that note, we will wrap up. I'm going to put Rachel's information in the show notes. Um, is there anything you want to share with people? I know that we're going to air this. Um, we're recording this in February, but I think we're going to air it in about a month or so. So any anything future Rachel wants to make sure people know.
1: Yeah, I mean, feel free to reach out, even if you um, are thinking, hmm, this might be me, maybe maybe I'm interested in looking into a therapist, maybe I don't sound like the right person for you or whatever, but still feel free to reach out, maybe I can help connect you to a provider in your area, maybe you're not in the Philadelphia area, um, you know, just, it's really, really important to, to take care of yourself, be a little selfish in your self- selflessness of being a new mm-hmm. parent. Um, and you know, you can do this. (laughs) You can do
0: this. Mm -hmm. That's and and finding a therapist is hard. It's really nice that you, that you're willing to help people figure out the path because it's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh Oh, all right. My thing is trying to kick me out of zoom. So it's telling me we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for being here with me. Uh, You guys can find Rachel Moore. I'm going to copy her social media and her website and all that good stuff below. Um, And let us know if you want to hear more from her and I'll have her back. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay. And now we are done. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, please make sure you hit subscribe so you can hear more episodes just like the one you just listened to. Um, And if, if you have been thinking to yourself while listening to these episodes, preach, Beth is saying exactly what I'm thinking, but the problem is I know what to do. It's actually doing it. That is the issue. Then I would like to suggest that you pop right into my show notes right now and click on sign me up for the next free mini challenge, um, and get into one of my free series, my little free challenges that I do where I will poke you and prompt you to do the things that you know you should be doing, but you just need help actually doing them. I'm going to leave you with one thought today. Uh, Right now, I want you to pause and think of one thing that you can do that will move you closer to achieving your health goal. Don't think, just do it. And it might be signing up for one of the many challenges in my show notes, uh, and it might be the step you need to take to start feeling good, energized, and in control of your wellness. So thanks for listening. Enjoy whatever thing you decide to do today to bring you one step